series that brought you Pulp Fiction and American Psycho. So I pretend to be a vampire. Search for this night's prey. Who will it be? What are the rules of attraction? I think I'm in love with this girl. She's sweet, pure, innocent. She's a virgin. <laughs> Say what you want. Abstinence is 100% safe. Whatever, I don't care. I don't major in math. Do what you feel. It might be fun. You know you want it. You're drinking. Drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk. Tonight's the night. Oh, who's a lucky boy? Sean Bateman. He's a dealer. <laughs> Get what you deserve. Ah, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I think it's kicking in. Ooh. I did it with her because I'm in love with you. From the novel by Brett Easton Ellis. Where's my money? He's got it. You bring me my cat. <laughs> of attraction. Are you crazy? Define crazy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy Honda days. Yeah, exactly. To all who celebrate. <laughs> this is the beginning of our Christmas lineup. Okay. Our our holiday lineup. All right. I love it. I love We're it. doing four movies this year wow. in the holiday spirit. Wow. Listeners, you heard it here first. Yes. Welcome back to the show, Welcome everybody. Back. Uh, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. Mike Toscano, you're back on the show. Mike, welcome back. Thank you, boys. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been a hot minute. It has. It's it has been, been a few been months. And you were yeah. last on for a Brett Easton Ellis extravaganza. Indeed. So we followed it up with The Rules of Attraction, directed by... Roger Avery released October eleventh, two thousand two. Yeah, wow! This movie, we I think that we had to like blow off a good inch of dust on our DVD <laughs> out of our closet. A movie yes. that I don't think I've sat through this entire movie probably since I first watched it when I was in high school. But let me tell you, you guys, this bitch, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not to say that we don't like it. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I'm shocked that you guys even own it, actually, because I don't know anyone who really owns this movie except me. Yeah. I bought this baby. Did you like, bought it sight unseen? The, I think I did buy it sight unseen. I think I didn't catch it in the theaters. I just knew what it was. Um, all my friends were talking about it, and uh, so I bought it and we and took it to house parties and, you know, watched it. Tons of times with my friends. We just thought we were, you know, the coolest cats in town yeah. at that time. You know, <laughs> um, I mean, whatever. We we weren't quite, uh, you know, we weren't quite pulling these shenanigans anymore. But, uh, yeah, uh, we, you know, we had the book. We knew this movie backwards and forwards. Um, it was not a chore to rewatch, but I just feel like. When you're not in that like age group anymore, you're just like these crazy kids. <laughs> a movie that is on at eleven from scene one of the movie. Yeah, it's cranked. It's cranked up the entire time. These kids are like these kids are showing up and showing out like all the way through. Um, but yeah, it's just the I remember just the soundtrack was like the soundtrack was amazing. Like the you know it was Roger Avery. Just the way it was shot was so cool. So it's just yeah, we thought we were a certain age at that time, and we just thought like, man, this is it. Sort know, of we gets were that, film kids. It sort of gets that Pulp Fiction cred too. 
Well, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. with, with with Roger Avery. Mike, did you see this in the theater? I did see it in theaters. Yeah. I was super excited about it because I was kind of following the production as it was happening through sure. Premiere Magazine. Sure. Oh, man. I was a reader yeah. of Premiere Magazine around this time, and I think oh, I remember first reading dude, it I used to, like, clip things out of Premiere Magazine, and I'd, like, put them on my wall, like, in um, <laughs> Same. Like middle school and high school. Oh, like I, And I definitely had that shot of Ian as Paul Denton, like, on the, on the bed, like, drinking a beer and just his underwear. I was like, oh, that's going up on my wall. Yeah. yeah. Who knew I was gay then? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing about this movie is that, you know um, – it is. It has these gay characters in it, and they're in college. and And Ian Summerholder is kind of like, um, you know, he's like this out character in this movie. And and there's actors in it from like CW teen shows, and so it's kind of subversive with the gay content in there. But it's really just one of those things where you know when you watch it now, they're just kind of throwing us a little bone with like the gay stuff. <laughs> in it i feel like at the time i embraced it i was like holy shit these guys are kissing it is the Mm -hmm. tightest lipped closed mouth oh there's there's definitely no tongue two straight actors kissing in a movie you know kind of kind of scene but man we ate that shit definitely not sexy Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) it's not sexy for me i remember just seeing the shot of like james vanderbeek uh masturbating was much sexier um than that kiss actually but yeah i I hear you but you have to also think of the time, though. Exactly. This was, what, 2002? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, in revisiting this movie, I was listening to this interview with James Vanderbeek, how he made a comment about, like, Dawson's Creek was considered controversial. Oh, I was like, what? Oh, like, it's God. so you can't even think that. Same thing with this movie. Like, was that a big deal? Do you remember that being, like, a massive big deal culturally, though? Like, Gay Kiss, or were you past that? I think it was a big deal because it was James Vanderbeek. Because, you know, he was on Dawson's Creek, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But at the same time, it was also just a dream sequence. You know, it's like he didn't really get like the straight guy. It was like all in his head kind of a thing. Yeah, I actually hate that about that that scene. Because in the book, like you you act in the book, the way it's done, like you you. You're not exactly sure whose fantasy it is and if right. it happened sure. or not. Right. Yeah. So it's it's still left ambiguous, but I felt like in the movie it kind of like kept its finger on the button a little too long to make it a point that like this absolutely didn't happen. Mm-hmm. There's no attraction between Sean mm-hmm. and Paul whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of wanted that to be like amplified just to, just a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, um, but so yeah, at the time in 2002, it's like, I, you know, here I am thinking like, wow, this movie's got like these gay characters and it's, you know, it's so like, um, you know, forward thinking and all that stuff. But like now when I look back on it, I'm like, okay, it's just the barely like, kind of bare minimum of, of, of things that, that they're showing us. But I mean, I still, it was something to latch on to for the time. Like you were saying, um, I I thought it was sexy then, but yeah, like uh, again, this this tight lipped kiss. <laughs> they they don't really have too much chemistry mm-hmm. going on, but um, it, like it was just just a fun ride. Yeah, so I, I remember guess. when I first watched this movie that I was very familiar with reading about this movie, and yeah. I remember Peter Travers and the Rolling Stone gave this movie like one and a half stars. That when I used yeah. to subscribe to Rolling Stone, that was kind of one of the big things is that I knew this movie was not very well received. Yeah. And our video store did not get this movie. Ooh. And I think that I had to borrow it from 
my coworker and friend Shannon when I worked at this video store, and she just had to buy a copy of this movie because yeah. our town there you could not find this movie to rent in our small town. Probably just because my boss at the video store just thought this movie was a little too like was just a little too racy smut to have in our small town theater <laughs> or to have in our small town video store. So I had to borrow a copy of this and I'm sure I watched it like late at night. Oh yeah. And yeah, Ian in that face, I just remember being obsessed with. He is the prettiest looking man <laughs> ever. That like baby Rob Lowe mm-hmm. face. That yeah. baby Rob, Rob Lowe face. I'm a sucker for rosy cheeks on a man <laughs> too. Interesting. Okay. That, like, natural you, you blush. You could totally have yep. 110%. Yeah, for me, uh, <laughs> I want Van, I want Vanderbeek. Vanderbeek, all about Vanderbeek <laughs> in that movie. Oof. Yeah, sure. still now. I mean, no, yeah, he's he's aged very well now, but he's got he's he did that thing where he like got married kind of youngish, and he's got like seven kids or something. He he fully has like, like a right. he fully has a kid that just graduated college. All or right, something. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think they're all kind of young, but he's got like seven of them. So like, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, that was another that was another thing for me. You know, in this movie, I thought Ian Somerhalder was very beautiful as well. I also did like James Vanderbeek, but Ian Somerhalder at that time to me, I was just like the clothes he was wearing. It's very was, of a time it, that very like FCUK like kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Do you oh remember God. that? I totally forgot about that. Yes, brand, so you just said it exactly. Oh the French Connection. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, my best friend at the time actually worked at French Connection. Oof. But um, I just remember thinking like – and he was so like thin and like doing yoga and all that. And I was just like, wow, you know, just like this this white guy and like me just like, I'm like, such, like this cave troll. Now I watch it and I'm just like, <laughs> he's so skinny. He's very he's- thin. Yeah, it's it's crazy how your taste bony. change, yep. you know, because mm-hmm. like now yeah. I watch it and I'm just like, oh, he looks like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, but like he looks exactly like like you guys said, like uh, what was in at that time. Yes. Yep. You know, yeah, he looks yeah, like yeah. a guy who would be on the real world. Yeah. A gay that would be on the real world. Yeah. On totally the real does. world or in like the ANF quarterly. <laughs> yeah. And he's wearing like, you know, like uh, V-neck pullover sweaters like tucked into slacks. I never dressed like that. Mm-hmm. Why was I into no. that? I never, in my wildest dreams, did I ever dress like that. Like, why was I, why did I even think I, that was hot? I definitely remember dressing like this, but it was like the department store level of like my mom Version. buying me yeah. clothes sure. from yeah. like JCPenney or Sears. Because you didn't have the FCUK mm-hmm. in one. Yep. <laughs> Guys, I dressed like James Vanderbeek in that movie, like sweaters. Yeah, yeah. You know, not fitted jeans, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, this cast, oh, we so have to good. talk so about. So this the was cast. also the rise of Shannon Sossman because A Knight's oh, Tale had just come out, summer of two thousand one. I remember her being there's there's a lot of buzz behind that one. Yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Knight's Tale for many years. Like it had already come and gone when I finally watched it. So I really didn't have a, a reference for her. And coming to this movie, I was just like, she is very beautiful. Uh, and thinking that, like, she doesn't really have too much to do, like, acting-wise in it, but I just did think that she, uh, she's a very beautiful girl. A lot of her scenes come off, especially now, a lot of her scenes come off as very, like, um, I don't know, almost, like, giggly, just, like, 
she pl- she plays her character in this way that uh, I don't know if she's using like her beauty to like talk to these boys and men. But to me, watching it now, I'm just like she just does this thing where she'll like say a sentence to them and just start laughing. Yeah, the like you just know? the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I really like her in the movie because she has this like realness about her character. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's a completely different league than her roommate, you know, Jessica Biel as Laura. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and yeah, but I know what you're talking about. But she's also yeah. like kind of obsessed with Victor, her her boyfriend. Yeah. That we we learn a little bit more about later. How does on she here, describe which, Victor? I think is amazing. How does she describe Victor? Hold on, it's uh, uh, earlier in the movie. Yeah, she describes him as just a little, uh, just only, only a little, a little gay. gay. Yeah, <laughs> with flexed blonde hair and mm-hmm. big drama major arms or some shit. Kit Pardue double feature. I mean, double feature with many actors, uh, just a few actors in this movie because we last did but I'm a cheerleader with Kit Pardue mm-hmm. and um, who's the other guy? Uh, oh God, his, uh, it's Ian Summerhalder's friend in this movie, mm-hmm. um, Joel. Joel. Joel Michaelie. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about Kit Pardue and this era, right? Because I feel like he kind of was very, like, hot, up-and-coming actor. And he's in this. You know, he's in But I'm a Cheerleader. And, um, you know, he's he's very attractive. He's great-looking. And um, I don't know. It was kind of something where I was like, I expected him to be a little bit bigger than he ended up being. Um, I know that with the, uh, with his character, Victor in this movie and his whole like montage in Europe. Bought some speed from an Italian junkie who was trying to sell me a stolen bike. Smoked a lot of hash that had too much tobacco in it. Saw the Tate, saw Big Ben, ate a lot of weird English food. It rained a lot. It was expensive and I'm jonesing so I split for Amsterdam. The Dutch all know English so I didn't have to speak any Dutch which was a relief. I cruised the red light district, visited a sex show, visited a sex museum, smoked a lot of hash. I meet a Dutch TV actress and we drank absinthe at a bar called Absinthe. The museums were cool I guess. Lots of Van Goghs and the Vermeers were intense. Wandered around, bought a lot of pastries, ate some intense waffles. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Which is it's cool what they did how you know how it was executed in this movie, but oh, I I, love it. I know that they tried to like expand it. Is his character in Glamorama? Yeah. Also, yeah, it's yeah, it's more so about him. Like it's it's interesting because I know there's a little bit of folklore behind the footage that they shot. In right. The yeah. That, yeah. That bleeds into kind of like a segue into Glamorama. Mm-hmm. Is he the lead of that book? Oh God! I actually, I'm I'm an awful fan. I have not read that one, but he does play a big part in that. So I okay. do want to say he is like a main lead. And is is Glamorama like the Zoolander one where it's like the models are like the terrorism? Agents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow, <laughs> too much. Because I, I I really because I remember because I really read a lot about this movie when it came out because I was really yeah. into the book and I was super excited about the movie and seeing how they were gonna do it mm-hmm. and i remember reading there's a glitterati it's called right. it's sure. actually footage that they created yeah. to music that kind of acts as the gateway into glamorama which roger avery owns the rights for but there was no film i guess right mm-hmm. yeah, there was no film i, I so, think but, there's a page on imdb for it and i was curious about it <laughs> I would love to see it. Uh, yeah. I don't think it'll ever be screened. I, I oh, listened man. to a interview on the Bright East Nellis podcast um, with Roger Avery, and they talked about it, and he's only screened it for like a handful of people. And it really comes down to is like it's so mixed in with the music. Like there's no way in hell it will be like released. Oh, uh, got it. Okay. Sure. 
Brady Stillness, who, from everything that I've read, was pretty satisfied with the movie, right? Because he said that yeah. it's his, it's the only movie of his books that he felt really nailed the tone of what he wrote. And I agree. I see exactly what he's talking about. Um, I read the book when I was, uh, like, 13. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I haven't read it in a, a few years. I don't remember, like, everything about the book. But, like, the mm-hmm. way the book is set up is, mm-hmm. like, Sean. And then we go then, Sean's perspective. Yeah, sure. And then yep. we'll go Lauren mm-hmm. and Paul. And we go back and forth. So I was always curious visually how they were going to do that. And it's kind of interesting when you look at the opening sequence of this movie, like the first 10 minutes, you can really tell that movies like go and memento that studios really wanted to replicate something that was very similar to it. I didn't think about that. That is a very good point that that energy and that vibe and that fast pace, like quality Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. That's a very good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Because when I saw a movie in theaters, I was like, that opening, like the opening 10 minutes, I was like in heaven. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever because I read the book, been following the production premiere magazine Mm -hmm. and whatever I could find on the early stages of the internet feels like. And I convinced my art teacher to bring me to the movie theater to see it with my friend. And I'm like 14. Oh my god! At this time, yeah. And she had no idea what this movie was about. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's great. So literally, <laughs> in the beginning of the first ten minutes, like I have like my hands in my face, so excited about it and yeah. just seeing it visually and the whole backwards effect. Yeah. And I, I just remember, I just remember her being kind of mortified by the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was with her to see this movie. Yeah, because it starts like Scott said, mm-hmm. it starts like on ten, on eleven, like that first yeah. scene is like craziness you know right off right out of the gate um going back very very quickly to glamorama and glitterati i have this memory in my head about another movie with like models and i feel like Bretty sinellis uh don't know if it actually got uh produced the informers are there vampires involved anywhere (laughs) isn't it isn't that the informers with with brandon ralph yeah, yes. and Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger, and that movie was shelved for like years. Okay, yeah, it's okay. So I didn't make that up. No, you didn't head. make it up. Okay, all right. I no, have not seen it. That's a whole another. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that would be. Would that be considered a movie that made us gay? I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't, no one really knows that one too. Yeah, well. no, no, no. But I just was. I'm getting them like conflated in my head. I was like, I know the the like whole thing about the Kit Pardue footage and like all that shit, and you know. You know, through Europe. Oh, just really quickly in the in the montage in Europe, and he's like, "Oh, and and we just met Paul Oakenfold." Sure, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know how that happens when you're just like uh, running around Europe. Yeah, oh God, and you see his dick too, so it's not yep. forget that. Yeah, one. you fully did. <laughs> did you was, see it? Yeah, that was great. So, okay, we've got Shannon Sossaman. Um We would be remiss if we didn't mention that James Vanderbeek is playing. Paul Bateman, and he is canonically the younger brother of younger Patrick, brother Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Before we even met Patrick, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And do we want to? Uh, I'm sure we are all aware of the IMDb trivia of who was cast, shot scenes that ended up on the cutting room floor. Oh, who is it? I don't Patrick remember. Bateman. 
It was Casper Van Dien. Casper Van Dien. <laughs> oh, I think that we've talked about that. Yeah. Oh, did we? I think we talked about it on our Starship Troopers episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. And the footage is nowhere to be found. Well, um, it's incorrect. at least not on the DVD. Yeah. Where... Incorrect. It's actually online. Roger ah. reposted it on his YouTube. Oh, awesome. And I saw it recently. Okay, okay. And I'm glad it was cut. <laughs> is it just a phone call? What's going on? Yeah, it's a it's a phone call. Uh at the payphone, uh, Sean is just calling his brother, and uh-huh. then we cut to New York, or it's supposed to look like New York, and it, right. it, it's not very good. I don't <laughs> think just the production values of Patrick's office. Sure. The dialogue just seems a little shoddy. I mean, you see him as – it's so hard. I'm kind of glad that they didn't just because yeah. I think Christian Bale. I think he was yeah. just perfect. Yes, Patrick, Sean. I know. Dead. Still breathing with the aid of a machine, eating and pissing out of tubes. How do you think he is? I don't know. I, I thought. What do you want right now? Coke, lewds. Look, I was wondering if you could wire me some money. I put seven thousand in your account. Where is it? Will you or won't you? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna get a job? Because. Because I've spoken with your advisor. You're not going to last another term at that place. You called my advisor. Why are you hammering on me? Because he would. He, Dad, is a fucking vegetable. Watch that. Do watch that. I mean, Casper Van Dien is kind of the Asylum Studios <laughs> choice. <laughs> the mockbuster. <laughs> Patrick Bateman in the mockbuster of oh, American man. Psycho. What yeah. was he mock- around? Like, is he still around? Is he doing cons or anything? Like, what yeah, are you doing? I, th- I think just- he does cons. He I works a lot. He- I think he works a lot in just sort of dealist movies. He does the mockumentaries. He does the like mm-hmm. p- uh, Atlantic Rim and just like uh, Transmorphers and like all the yeah. fakey the fakey movies. Yeah. So, so he was so hot. So he's booked and blessed. Very, yeah, yep. very, mm-hmm. very good looking. We we love uh, Starship Troopers, but he is booked and blessed, like you said. Um, but yeah, that's just an interesting little little tidbit there. Um, do you have a Shannon Sossaman story that you saw her out? Here? I do. I mean, it's not much of a story. I saw her at a bar and she ordered a drink. You saw her at the roost. <laughs> yeah, we but yeah, she's roost. beautiful. And she was she was striking in person. And that was look like, was just like early 2000s cool girl. Everything she's wearing, like the long skirts, the weird haircut. Yeah, her kooky haircut's amazing. Her, like those platforms. Yeah, her like her like platform mm-hmm. slides. Love it. Um uh, Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale who would have been on Seventh Heaven at the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She's Lauren's roommate. And the worst person I think in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say Lauren's like, pretty rotted. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was well, Lauren is Shannon Tossman, right? Oh yeah. Uh, Laura. Yeah. Laura. Laura. Yeah. Yep. That's that's kind of weird that their names are so similar. Um, the roommates, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say that this movie is kind of populated by like awful characters, but like Lauren, there's not really much wrong with her. Uh, you know, um, Ian Summerhalder is kind of like those two are kind of like you know. They're not super rotted. It's just kind of... They're more like lost souls. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but the thing about that... Like, I definitely agree with you. Um, Lauren is the least rotted one of the bunch. Yeah. um, Out of the three. But as as you kind of want to hate these people to a degree at face value, like, by the end of the movie, we do get some degree of humanity within everybody. So it's one of those things where, like, 
you're, you know that person, you hate that person, mm-hmm. but then once you dive in just an inch into who they are, then you kind of see a different side. Mm-hmm. And I like that, you know, especially at the ending with, with Paul and Sean. Yeah. Like snowing out. Yeah. And it's, yeah, they get that kind of like, uh, replay of the, of the interactions that, you know, that Sean just had with Lauren, like now Paul is having that same interaction with Sean and it's just like Sean doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll never know me. Yeah. That's what he says to him and Lauren said the same thing to him. So it gets heavy. It's, it's an interesting movie because at first when I started watching it again, cause it's been a few years, it definitely feels a little dated just stylistically, you know, yeah. because you were saying like the platform shoes. Uh, I was <laughs> like, yeah, I noticed that when she was walking down the hall in that scene. Um, but, but, it's it's cool because like it's it feels dated for that time of two thousand two and two thousand one, but the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, you know, it's very eighties yeah. influenced, which I kind of mm-hmm. dig because it, it worked in a strange way because the movie the book takes place in the yeah. I was going to say they're kind of yeah. capturing around the Seven. time that the book is set. Yeah, and probably a wise choice for a movie aimed at young people just to set it in the current year that it was shot. They probably didn't yeah. want to bother with like a late eighties production design. And the way they marketed the movie, I sure. thought, was very odd. And probably a movie that was very hard for a newly a new studio, Lionsgate, because I think Lionsgate had only really existed for a couple years at this point, mm-hmm. that they have all of these huge teen stars at the time that I think that they sort of... Um, it was kind of a bait and switch of what kind of a movie they were selling to young people. I know this movie did not test very well when they screened it in Orange County. Because I think that just a lot of girls went into it just loving James Vanderbeek in something like Varsity Blues and Dawson's Creek. That this was not really the movie that they got. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. It needed to happen. You know, yeah. um, I, 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 did you guys watch Dawson's Creek? I did. Here and there. Okay. Yeah. Same here and there. And he was always, he was always my favorite. And for some reason I was like, I had such a little gay boy crush on James Vanderbeek. Like I followed him and I saw him in Varsity Blues. I think we saw his ass in that. I think so. You definitely see Scott Kahn's ass in that movie. (laughs) And Paul Walker. Do we know? Maybe it's Paul Walker's ass we actually see. Mm. Right. Cause he's in that. And then I heard that he did this cowboy movie called Texas Rangers. I remember Texas Rangers with Rachel Lee Cook. For the love. Mm -hmm. Oof. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> terrible and then he did this other movie by todd uh oh god what's his name todd S- solans Solans, yeah yeah thank you what? called storytelling his oh sure cut out. with uh selma blair yeah storytelling mm-hmm. throw of... that on now guys oh, i'd no. love to hear what people think of that yeah one <laughs> um <laughs> i can't with those yeah and roger avery uh described this movie as the assassination of teen comedies <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Of just so how just how we kind of choose to summarize the movie. Well, you're coming out of that mm-hmm. time of yeah. the late '90s with you know that's just kind of super saturated with you movies know. like Never Been Kissed, She's All That, American Pie, American yeah. Pie, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, th- I think that's why, like you know, I felt like because I was already in my 20s at this point, so I kind of felt like, okay, this is something new. It's some- we're kind of getting away from that and going into like a definitely cooler kind of an like, art movie for teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Um, did this reflect your life in your 20s? Uh, Some of it, maybe? Not at all. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I was 14 being like, wow. Um, yeah. How yeah. cool. Kind of. Not really, but yeah. Cool. I didn't go away to college. Mm-hmm. So okay. I didn't live in a dorm or anything. I just, I commuted. <laughs> you know, I lived in LA, so I didn't have the like dorm crazy, you know, experience and just seeing all of that stuff with like the end of the world party and this whole like, you know, like wicker man burning situation and co-ed dorms and all of that. And I was just like, oh my God, I, I even at the, in my twenties was just like, wow. But I was already like, I think I was in my, I think I was in an apartment at that time. I was like 22. I think I was in an apartment at that time working. I, but I was just like, wow, that looks so, so much fun. I definitely remember watching this movie at 17, just kind of wondering, is, is this going to be what college is like? Because yeah. <laughs> I did live in the dorms when I was 18 years old at Montana State. And I was definitely a very like buttoned up. <laughs> young person that like i was kind of super afraid to like yeah do drugs or kind of like interactions quite like any of this and i also remember when i was young in college in montana you didn't really see a lot of out gay young people yeah they were probably there if you looked close enough but it's just not really something that i saw walking yeah. around campus at all yeah yeah um, I, I really kind of related to, you know, Paul, you know, those scenes where he was just like uh, talking to Sean and thinking there was more there or just like, okay, maybe this guy is straight, but I'm just going to talk to him anyway. And just like, I've got a joint back in my room and just like talking to him and just like, you know, keep keep the conversation going. If we just keep talking, then maybe mm. we'll find some in or whatever. And Sean is just like completely is completely going over his head. He's just like, whatever. Do you have a joint or not? Like, I'm just going to sit here and get shitty and like pass out in your in your room, and you can jerk off in your bed next to me with a pillow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they watch like porn, like straight porn in Paul's room mm-hmm. the next morning. Which yeah, it was kind of like, why the hell? But you know, maybe it'd be roommates' porn. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, yeah. I like it's a little character note of Sean that he takes something from people. Yeah, it's, he takes yeah. a CD. He takes something from the drug dealer's house too. It's a it's a and little also, uh, it's a little Jerry Blank with like just stealing something from whatever room with you're Fred in. with Fred Savage. I think he takes something. A book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he takes a book. Yeah, a book. He takes a book. Yeah. Uh, this Fred. movie's a lot. There's a lot in this <laughs> yeah. movie where I just didn't realize how much there is. Um, do you guys feel like it, it holds up though overall? I think it's Roger Avery just really trying to push the envelope. And sometimes when you revisit stuff that's trying really hard to be shocking, mm-hmm. I don't know if it really lands almost 20 years later of like, I'm really going to push the envelope with a movie like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think too, part of it though, is that, um, you know, it is kind of over the top, and especially like the first act of the movie, it just starts, you know, right out of the gate. And, you know, as we're watching it the other day, I'm just like, oh, my God, this movie is so much. This movie's a lot. Oh, my God, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I remember Scotty messaged me being like, this movie, it's a lot. But, like, yeah. you know, but then I'm thinking, well, you know, when you're like 19, 20, 21 and in college and living away from your parents for the first time and experiencing all that shit, your whole life, everything is a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything is so much and all these parties and all, you know, and school and class and work. 
and everything. And like the one person that you have a crush on that doesn't even notice you and, and you leave them little notes in their, you know, in their mailbox and all that shit. Mm. Everything is like life and death for you when you're like, even when you're 21, 22 years old, you know? And so it's like, in that sense, it's like, okay, well that like allotness is just there to like showcase to all of us what these kids are going to through and what it's like for them. But like, us as like old grandmas watching it now at home just like <laughs> oh my god these children like take a breath go to go to class you know so i don't know maybe maybe that's intentional to just make it like you know everything's so intense when you're that young but yeah, i mean the dial um, has definitely been been turned up but also yeah. you have to keep in mind like the, the movie is a what a year like a full year because yes during the yeah. credits we go backwards yeah right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't really get that the movie is a whole year watching it, too. I don't know how successful that is. Well, you kind of forget that the first scene mm-hmm. in the movie is like the last scene in the movie. Sure. Intentional. Yeah. Definitely. That has definitely intentional. Yeah, yeah. So, But I think you're right, though. I think it is at least, you know, a, a semester, you know, at school. Yeah, because there's even like little the little nods. Like, remember, there's a scene where um, when Sean is trying to commit suicide and he punches the pumpkin that's sitting on his roommates. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it's Halloween now. Yeah, so yeah. like even those little touches, that I that Halloween scene, they got all of those extras from oh, Ron good. Jeremy too. What the, the topless girls, they got all of, all of the naked ladies from Ron <laughs> Jeremy just because they needed to populate all of these extras with women that were willing to get naked. And so they just went through the adult film industry. And they had. Can we have a gay version of this? Oh my Can we have god! A gay version right. Of that? Mm-hmm. Let's scare the shit out of straight people. You know, oh my god. just dicks all over the place. Yeah. And popcorn. <laughs> that was one thing we're watching, and I'm going, really? Is were the college parties with just girls' titties out? Like, I don't know. Uh, I want to say yes. <laughs> Again, sure, I yes. didn't. I didn't live on campus, so, so I, I had I friends that lived in the co-ed wing of the dorms mm-hmm. in Roski at MSU. It did have a reputation of getting crazy, but not not Jessica Beal like wandering <laughs> down the hallways and fucking with a bottle team. of jack and fucking the football team. Dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Goals. Life goals. <laughs> yeah. I have to say the amount of Jack Daniels that these students Ooh. drank directly from the bottle, these swigs that they were taking. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I kept. Yeah, whenever I would see that, I'd be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "Iced tea." Yeah, exactly. You can yeah. put down a fucking racehorse with the amount yeah. of whiskey that these characters supposedly were drinking, and no reaction after drinking it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't know anyone who could not react or like flinch. After yeah, having, at like, least just like a <laughs> chug of Jack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just supposed to think that they're either so drunk already or just such alcoholics that it doesn't yeah. even affect them. Um. Okay, we've. I think we've gone through our major cast. I had completely forgotten until this rewatch about the cafeteria girl. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the cafeteria girl. Yeah, that seems harsh. Like, oh my goodness, in the bathtub. I remember oh. watching that in theaters, being like, Whew. "Okay, yeah, we're 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 still going." It yeah. feels like forever, and every time I hear that, Harry, uh, Harry. Uh, Nilsson? Yeah, Nilsson's it's, song it's Without Nilsson. You? I, mm-hmm. I, I actually think of that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten it and how long they hold on it and all of that. And, oh, boy. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, but it is such a big part of kind of like Sean's 
Um, sure, because Sean assumes that it is um, the notes are coming from Lauren. The notes, the notes are coming from Lauren. Yeah, um, and Sean is just like so oblivious that he doesn't really notice this girl who's featured in numerous scenes. I think every major party that actress is she's there is there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and every shot I do like because after when we see Lauren on the skateboard mm-hmm. and she's crying, yeah, it flashes back to the specific shots that she's in. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, she's been in this movie and multiple times without us really noticing. But one thing they didn't cut to is that scene where Sean is fucking Laura and he's thinking about Lauren. Yeah. Um, and he looks up at the, the, the photograph yeah. of her. She's with the cafeteria girl. Yeah. Yep. So I'm like, I, I kind of thought that was interesting. Like, why didn't they play up the, that a little bit more? Kind of like, I wonder if that's a, to make I wonder us realize if that's a cut that she was friends with her. I wonder if that's a cut scene of the movie, of possibly. just oh, of yeah, just their possibly. friendship. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's heavy. It adds just like another dimension of like emotional weight to that scene. Yeah, I feel like especially when she discovers her mm-hmm. in the bathtub. Oh my so. god! Yeah, yeah. Because she's already going through it, and then she goes in there and sees that. It's like, oh, holy shit. Um. We should talk a little bit, just briefly, about Kate Bosworth. Yeah, I mean, you can really tell that this movie <laughs> was briefly. shot, was probably shot prior to the release of a movie like Blue Crush, because, yeah. I mean, Blue Crush is sort of what, um, our big introduction to her. Yeah. I know that movie has a big following with lesbians. Oh, they love it. The lesbian surfer movie. Oh, they love Blue Crush. Really? Yes. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, I remember... She was a big deal, and she was all over the marketing of this movie. Yeah. And I think that if you probably time her scream, <laughs> if her you probably time. time her screen time, that's a that, that's a, like a weird that's time fine. her screen time. Yeah, she's in maybe a minute of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> maybe three minutes. Um. So, but this kind of brings uh, up the idea of these characters being you know, unreliable narrators. Right. Because in the first, the first time we see her, it's Sean and he walks in, he tears up the notes. He looks across the room, he sees her and he goes off and he fucks her, you know, at the end of the movie, when we see the scene again, he doesn't do it. He sees her and he walks out. So it's like, which one was it? Like, was the first one just, you know, was it in his head? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and that kind of stuff probably works a little bit more in the book when you're reading sure. it, you know? Mm-hmm. But that kind of ties into Paul's kind of, like, dream sequence with Sean, you know, when they did it that way in the split screen instead, you know? Um, so it's like, are all these characters unreliable narrators? Because they are telling their little bits of the story, right? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's mm-hmm. actually a very good call, yeah. you know, of, like, what that exactly means, the fact that Sean didn't proceed to what we expected him to do since the beginning. Yeah. And said, so just turn around and walk out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm I, like, does Lauren smell like, and also I kept thinking like, does Lauren smell like vomit after she, right. yeah. outside? <laughs> she got herself together pretty quick pretty and quick. she exited that party. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the whole time I'm thinking, is Kate Bosworth just that fucked up too? Because she's looking at, at Sean and just not like, what the hell happened to you, dude? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he just got, the hell beat out of him she doesn't care good no. i think it just goes back to those brett easton themes of like disassociated youth yeah mm-hmm. yeah totally you know? yeah. but this movie very much is about like unrequited love you mm-hmm. know sure that's just like the overall theme which mm-hmm. i think we've all experienced 
you know, we, we all have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the little bit about, you know, when we do see Laura, you know, and when she walks into the room with the football team and all that, and that's when kind of Lauren says like, oh, she went off and, you know, got married and. Yeah, now she's married to a senator. Yeah, and has like three kids. Senator's wife. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that's probably true. You know. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. I don't know what the fuck people did. <laughs> like, um, okay. How is the char- How is the Shannon Tossman character? What, what's her name again? Lo- Lauren. How is yeah. Lauren written in the book? Because it's one of those things that when you cast someone that's as cool. And beautiful. And beautiful like Shannon Sossaman. I don't know if I really buy her yeah. being this virgin who is this standoffish with sex that has to look at pictures of VD before <laughs> she goes out just to kind of get all of that off her mind. Yeah. I don't really think that works with someone like Shannon. So I was just curious of how she was written in the book. Mm-hmm. I totally don't remember. <laughs> okay, that's and fair. That's I don't fair. think she was as like virginal, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, as they tried to paint her out to be. So, I definitely think they took like probably the most liberties when yeah. it comes to her character. Because I remember, like, if I remember, I do remember some details where like she, she definitely wasn't innocent. Yeah, but also Sean was a little bisexual, and also in the movie it is referred to Paul as being a little bisexual. Mm-hmm. But when we meet him, he's full on gay. Yeah. Like, we can't even picture that happening. Well, aren't we supposed to kind of infer that Paul and Lauren dated? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's just. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I agree with you, Scott. I feel like, you know, Lauren in this movie, like you said, not maybe not like square or prudish or anything, but just that she is very kind of like holding onto her virginity and all of that. But she does, when you cast Shannon Sossaman, mm-hmm. she is like strikingly beautiful and she's dressed very, very cool, you know? And I don't know. I just, you, I don't know. In another movie, they would have dressed her down a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of think it was a little, um, I guess, I guess they're not going for the on-the-nose yeah, choice of who you think this girl is. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like her scenes with um, with Laura, with Mrs. Mrs. Timberlake, Jessica Biel. Yeah. Um, I like her scenes with, <laughs> with Jessica Biel. I especially like when they're getting ready for the party and that Blondie song is playing in the background. Like, Sunday Girl. Sunday yeah. Girl. This fucking soundtrack, I'm telling you. like It was just that thing where I was like... Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm gonna fucking put on Sunday Girl when I'm getting ready to go out. I remember like you. I remember you introducing me to that Mila song, the gentleman who fell, the, the gentleman who fell, rich song. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that you yeah. even showed me the clip of her on Conan singing. Well, that song is older well, than this that movie. That song is from like '93. That song's from like '93, '94, and she performs oh. it on Conan O'Brien. I gotta find that. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, I would love to see that. And it's actually. like because I thought it was a good song. And it's like it's hippy song. dippy. Yeah. Mila from the early nineties too. <laughs> it's like straight out of um. It's straight out of uh, what's the uh, the seventies movie that she's in? Days and Confused. Days, straight out of yeah. Days and Confused. She like that was just her look in like the mid nineties. She was still she was still like modeling at that point. Mm-hmm. But, That's a good um, song though. It is a good song, mm-hmm. and I totally forgot it was on the soundtrack. As we're watching, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, so, I mean, that would have been a deep poll for it the was. early 2000s because yes. no one was talking about no. that album or yeah. that single. I think it was just kind of like a funny thing that they were just like, mm-hmm. let's, let's put this in. Um, 
Yeah, like you said, there's really, you know, uh, Mike, there's really good uses of 80s music in this movie. There's like a lot of like, um, yes, more like situation. Synth. Yeah. Oof, oof. <laughs> That's a great fucking song. Yeah, yeah. All that Faith like, by shit. George Michael. But yeah, Faith. I mean, we, we should talk probably about... talk about that scene of the movie. With... <laughs> I, I was waiting for you guys. <laughs> with our girl Faye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Faye. I think that Dunaway. is wild. They got Faye Dunaway for this movie. That's crazy. Yeah, even watching it now, I was like, "How the hell did they get Faye Dunaway?" And I mean, I love and I love Swoozie Kurtz. Yes, yeah, and a very Swoozie Kurtz character. I was going to say, you see her Kurtz play this, this this type a lot yeah. in movies. Yeah, <laughs> she's a gay icon, and no one mm-hmm. knows it. Absolutely, I swear God. <laughs> if you just need a rich bitch mother, yeah. Swoozie Kurtz is on like line one. And I'm kind of feeling like okay. Swoosie knows what's going on. Like she understood the assignment. She's been she's been in Cruel Intentions already, so she's here. She's like, we're gonna do this. Oh, you need me to ad lib some stuff about like what kind of pills these are? Let's do it. And and I think <laughs> Faye is just kind of like, all what, right, bitch, whatever. <laughs> what kind of a movie set have I wandered into? Sure, because yeah, Faye doesn't strike me as someone who is like all about like improv or like, I don't know. I mean, what we know about her. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I think she's well used for like the brief amount of screen time that she has in this movie. Yeah, though. she does a good mm-hmm. job. Yeah. yeah, like she's she's memorable. She's a character. Yeah. Well, it's like is her character memorable? Or is it just because it's Faye Dunaway in well, this little movie? Yeah. Also, maybe. Yeah. Also, maybe. Yeah. Because uh, she she plays she plays actually exactly who I would think Paul Denton's mother would be. Yeah. Like right. a degree of checked out came from money. You know, talking about she thinks her next car is going to be blue. Like, <laughs> who the fuck cares? Just some dumb conversation. I mean, I, I was trying to find some more details of how the heck they got Faye. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. I mean, I think it's just like Faye's agent just said, Roger Avery wants you to do this movie. He won an Oscar for Pulp Fiction. And yeah, that's probably, probably. what and she's like, okay. That's probably what got her to sign on to the movie. Mm. Yeah, she's an interesting one. I'll toast to her never. You see, <laughs> Betty Davis. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> um, a little yeah. bit of Betty Davis shade. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that scene with the two of them, like, you know, jumping around on the bed. And again, that was something else that, you know, at the time, my you, like 22 year old really latch onto. horny self is just like, yes, now the mm-hmm. cute Ian Summerhalder is like just in his boxer briefs. I mean, you know. And this is an actor, Russell Sams. He plays Richard. Yeah. Dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My name is not Richard. Oh. Well, then what is it? Dick. What? Dick. You heard me. No. Your name is Richard. Sorry, it's Dick. <sighs> well, then, Dick. How is school? It sucks, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and what classes are you taking, Dick? Uh, Gangbang 101, Freebase Tutorial, and Oral Sex Workshop. That scene at the 
at the table was cut into probably every single trailer and TV spot of the movie, oh, okay. too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. He stole the scene. Yeah. yeah. But what I was going to say is, you know, that scene is something that, like, you know, my horny early 20s, like, burgeoning gay self is is like, yes. You just had to latch on to it. Something in a movie I can mm-hmm. latch on to. But then all they're doing is they're just dancing, just they're, jumping they're just on the lip-syncing. bed. Well, because, like, uh, they don't do it. Richard comes in and makes a comment about, like, about getting fucked up and perhaps getting fucked and taking a shower together. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the mothers, basically. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to them dancing to George Michael's faith. I, I remember, like, the audience lost their shit. They, like, thought it was the funniest thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. They howled. And now watching it now, I'm a little bit like, eh, yeah, I guess it's funny. It's a cock tease. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's 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 simplistic. It's it's a good laugh at first. You know, I can see it playing well in a movie theater. But, yeah, when you were sitting back, I'm just like, yeah, he was talking about, like, yeah, showering and all that stuff. And they don't even, like, put those two guys in the shower together. Yeah. They could have done that mm-hmm. in the shower. <laughs> I, I would. Yeah. For, for real. Yeah. I mean, that whole scene, uh, for, if I remember correctly, like. That was just something that was like improvised, right? Yeah, totally improvised yeah. and was just thrown together, and and it works. It does work. I think it, I think it does work. But watching now, I'm a little bit like mm, I, I think. Yeah. Nice I think bit that more Ian said on the guy. commentary that they were doing sides for that other actor, and he just asked him to stick around, and that's how they got all of the um, George Michael lip syncing stuff. Hmm. Yeah, but it's like, and if that did, if they didn't come up with that on the day, that is kind of one of the more like uh, I don't know, not memorable scenes, but it was like a big, you know, um, kind of like not. It's yeah, not, it was used in every trailer. Yeah, you yeah know, there was yeah. that shot of Ian jumping on the bed. Like it was a flashy moment. Which, and yeah, it yeah. worked. It's fun. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, but I'm which just... makes me think, like, what did they have in the original script? Instead of using that. <laughs> right, because it does work so well cutting against the two mothers at the bar, you know, and just like mm. with the little, with the pills and, you know. Yeah, getting all fucked. Yeah. Fucked up, what yeah. is this? So who cares? You know, whatever. All that stuff is really funny and great. It might have just been that. But mm. um, it does work so well cutting back and forth be- between the two. So. Those scenes were shot at the Langham. At in the, Pasadena. At the Langham. The Langham mm-hmm. uh, in Pasadena is a big, fabulous, beautiful hotel. It used to be yeah. the Ritz-Carlton. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and okay. it's like just a mile down the road from us. Yeah. Um, so we can go sit at that bar and reenact. Whenever you see a ritzy... <laughs> usually, whenever you see a ritzy scene at a hotel, it is probably the Langham. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's very bougie and it's... Uh, it's it's very close to us, but but we we don't live in the nice part of town. <laughs> um, I wish that there were more scenes with Paul's gay friends because I think those moments in the movie are really funny. With uh, Jay Barshall and like yeah, and yeah. Joel, that I kind of think it's really funny and very true to life that you're mentioning, Pete. That if you were out in your in like the early two thousands in college, I guess that you would just have to be friends with the other out gay kids regardless of like how cool they were that you just or if you sort like of, them even yeah, yeah, or if like you fun. even like them that you just sort of had to latch onto them because yeah they were all that you had for like a social outlet if you wanted to talk to other gay guys yeah, yeah. just a very <laughs> different <laughs> those time days, i don't i'm like i don't i try not to remember those days i don't yeah no i didn't i, I didn't do that I mean, but obviously, he doesn't give a shit about them because, no, like, yeah. he doesn't really talk about them in the rest of the movie. And also, he comes in and is like, Harry's a, Harry O'Deed, 
Like, and it's just like, oh, typical. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get ready for a party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of had that experience in that when I did go to college and I was like, okay, fuck this. I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to be gay. And then it's like, oh yeah, I found like the other kids and I was like, you sounded like Cher when you said that. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be gay. Be gay, y'all. Shut but up, yeah, stupid. But yeah, but I have to, I have to hang out with you. But yeah, and I went mm-hmm. to, you know, and I found them and I was like. No, this isn't going to work. We're no, not. mama. Yeah, no, <laughs> not for me, mama. And I just ended up hanging out with, like, you know, my other dumb straight friends that I'm still friends with to this very day. But, you know, we all had our good times. <laughs> Even without... Uh, I didn't drag my gay friends along to the gay bars for quite a few years, but they eventually went with me because they're real friends. But I feel like if I had hung out with those with the gay kids in college, I don't know. They weren't my vibe. Like we didn't listen to the same music. We didn't listen to like, I don't know. It, it, time, it yeah. times. You got your, such a different time. You got our straight friends to talk about movies like Rules of Attraction with you though. Uh, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. they all loved this movie. Yeah. Like they were all about it because we, because we were cool. That's why mm-hmm. <laughs> we actually were cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those, those scenes are really cute. And when they do get to the hospital and drop him off, uh, or attempt to drop him off in the hospital. Did you notice who the ER doctor was? Well, oh god, I forgot his name. Yeah, it's oh my god, who is he again? It's it's Paul Williams. And was, Pete was like, who is like, is this Paul Williams or or Bud Court? Bud I thought Court. it was Bud Court from Harold and Maude, <laughs> and uh, who's also in But I'm a Cheerleader. He's he plays Natasha Leone's father in But I'm a Cheerleader. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. thought it was I him. Totally where like that was my like. entire life, because he's he's a short guy. He's you know of shorter stature, gentleman, and he's got those like kind of big eyes, like mm-hmm. like because Paul Williams has a very specific look. If you go and look at him in the seventies on the Muppet Show, he's a very funny looking dude. Right? I mean, but I mean, bless the nineteen seventies where somebody like Paul Williams could be a sex symbol. <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah. I, I, when I think of Paul Williams, I think uh, Phantom. Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise, Paradise. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's who I think of. We need, yeah. to get to, we need to get to Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, listeners, if you're not familiar with Paul Williams, he was a very prolific songwriter, singer-songwriter in the 70s. He wrote The Rainbow Connection. Uh, he wrote The Rainbow yep. Connection. He worked a lot with the Muppets. Um, he played the piano. He was a uh, talk show, like... Like he did the rounds on talk shows when, like in the seventies, you could kind of make a career move out of like the talk show circuit. Yeah, he did that. Um, and he's like five three. He was a little chunky. He had like long blonde hair. He looked like cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and he wore like big, thick, like square glasses. I mean, but I'm. I don't think I'm talking out of school here. I'm not being out of pocket when I say he's not like. A classically handsome movie star looking guy, right? Mm. But he was a huge superstar and kind of like you said, a sex symbol in this movie, Phantom of the Paradise. There's like I mean, was he like the chicks falling? Was all he over like him. the Lynn, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda Lynn, of the seventies? Maybe, of the 70s? maybe, maybe. Um, but uh, and he kind of fell out of. He didn't fall out of favor. He just kind of fell into obscurity in the eighties uh-huh. and nineties. And he plays this very small but memorable role in this movie. Very funny, you know, to these kids. He's yeah. just like talking shit to these boys. But um, I did think that it was Bud Court from Harold and Maude. Makes um, sense. They my look entire alike. life, I mm-hmm. thought it was Bud Court. And we're watching it going, and look, there's Bud Court. He's in this movie too. And we looked it up and we're like, that is Paul Williams. How do you like that? <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> Freaking 20 years later. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, those those scenes with uh, with Paul and his uh, 
and his little friends. We don't really see much of them the rest of the movie. There's a little bit of them at the party. Yeah. Oh, um, his one friend is wearing the t-shirt with the I heart and there's like a cat on it. So I'm assuming it's like I heart pussy. Like <laughs> okay. graphic t-shirt, but it's like, it's totally like pick up on super that gay one, friend. But... Yeah. But I mean, do you remember though in like the early to mid 2000s, like the the golden age of the graphic tea. Yeah, you could get I them mean, all. At, you could get all them all at the sacred grounds of Hot Topic. <laughs> oh, I the, think I had a few. The the graphic tea with like a, a slogan like that was like, oh my goodness. Ian's t-shirt of masturbation is not a crime. Yeah. All that shit. Okay, okay yeah. I did, oh gosh, that's a good point. I didn't even realize that that part of that movie of that side fashion sense of yeah. the movie. I'm surprised there was no like shell necklaces. You know, yeah. I mean, thank God. Yeah, maybe the townie that's maybe the townie that's uh, violating Lauren is is wearing them to kind of just show the like the level of bad taste, or the closeted one who uh, Paul kisses oh, again. Yeah. We probably him. Yeah, yeah. Um, the townie that is violating Lauren. Uh, I don't know. This is going to be obscure. This one's going to be for the peanut gallery. But he is played by an actor named uh, Chasen Hampton. He was on the Disney Channel Mickey Mouse Club MMC from the uh, deep pull early nineties. Yep. It's a very deep pull. But my kids incorporated MMC uh, fan listeners will might get a kick out of that. I did not realize that that was Chasen uh, from. The MMC and the Mickey Mouse Club MMC spinoff pop band, The Party. Listeners, See, the party scene in the in the <laughs> Blossom Goes to Disneyland episode. Yes, b- yeah, Blossom Goes to Disneyland. They run into the party backstage. Uh, listeners, if you have any idea with what I'm talking about, please at me. Please do it. Do a YouTube search <laughs> of the party in the Mickey Mouse Club. I'm okay. Yeah, no, you, no, you don't have to. It, it goes right along. It's hand in hand with that uh, that Kids Incorporated scene. So, so that's what came to your mind when you saw him like raping pretty much yeah. up all over Lauren. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, it's Chase. Oh my God. How mm-hmm. did I not know this? Um, I mean, well, that's another thing. It's like he was coming off of, you know, it was like 15 years prior because it was the early 90s, but he's coming off of like the Mickey Mouse Club and he was working on that show with like Kerry Russell. And like uh, you know, JC from from Christina Aguilera. JC, well, he was he was before them. They were like the little kids on the show. Okay, he was sure. Of, he was of the era with um, with Carrie Carrie Russell and uh, and JC mm-hmm. from InSync, Backstreet Boys. InSync, InSync, yeah, InSync, yeah, yeah. So sorry, tangent. I do know that we have some people that are all, that are about Kids Inc. and MMC. <laughs> this is for them. <laughs> so we can we can move on from from Chase, but. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, like, drug caper subplot. Yeah, it's the part of the movie that I'm the least interested in, that when it's the scenes with the drug dealer, I kind of checked out a little bit for those scenes that I was the least interested in them. How did you feel about about all that? Uh, with... I actually... I was interested. <laughs> okay. I was interested. I actually wasn't checking out. I thought they were pretty entertaining. Um... Us meeting Rupert. Yeah. Right? Is his name Rupert? And I forgot what the other guy's name who's holding the, the magazine. It was like come guzzling horns yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I was pretty entertained by, by it. It felt probably the most 
Pulp Fiction esque scene sure, in the whole it, yeah, film. It definitely. I does. like that Rupert's character lives in this really nice house, and I was listening to the commentary that the art director just said it was their idea that this character just inherited this house from his grandmother, so he lives in this really nice house yeah. in this fancy neighborhood. And, and it just, happens. It happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, my brother's friend, Kevin, uh, he lives in his grandmother's house, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This actor, Clifton Collins Jr., was in Capote. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he was in Capote. He's, he's like the main um, guy that like... He's Perry Smith in yeah, Capote. that did the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in Star Trek, Traffic. Yeah, you oh, see him okay. a lot. Mm-hmm. He's kind of j- just like a big character actor. Yeah. He was good. I mean, his scenes that he was in, he definitely like dominated the, the scene. He went for it yeah it also gives us a little bit of sean's kind of backstory but also is he telling the truth did he come from a farm yeah. uh you know is well, I mean, he, he really rich i mean he kind of just like invents that just to get him out of yeah is he just situation. talking out of his ass mm-hmm. so that rupert doesn't shoot him yeah he's, like, he's yeah. talking out of his ass yeah. he made a comment about like washing the pigs during the summer mm-hmm. i'm like no, but then when he, Washington, but then when he's talking to Paul later on, he does say he spent his summer in Berlin, and it's like, but he meant Berlin, like this town that he grew up in, like Berlin, New Hampshire, or something. So it's like I don't know, it's all this like tangled web. Because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, Berlin, like Sprechen Sie Deutsch. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, I thought you spoke German if you spent the summer in Berlin. And he's like, no, I meant Berlin, New Hampshire. <laughs> and then he gets up and walks away. So does like, anyone really know. know the true Sean in this movie? No, no one does. Mm-hmm. And you'll never know him. Um, we have to talk about, too, uh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, my, Eric Stoltz. My favorite redhead. Mm-hmm. With an Irish accent? Or is it Scottish? I think he's doing an Irish he's accent. He's doing an Irish accent. Yeah, I think it's Irish. Interesting. Yeah. Just kind of like a character note from Eric. Of, <laughs> I'm just going to do a Irish accent when I'm in this movie. Yeah, he's again small, small bit, you know. But he's a good actor, you know. Um, obviously, friends with Roger Avery, concerns yeah. down like other film, and right? Kind of his character is the skeezy college professor that is sleeping with a lot of students that you see him at college parties. I don't think I would have ever seen a college professor or instructor at a party. That is like shocking. He's walking around mm-hmm. the end of the world party with yeah. Like, two girls under his arm that's a little much but he's not sleeping with these girls he's only getting blowies he's just getting head from them because he's a family man because <laughs> he's a family man but i mean shit eric, if i had a college professor that looked like eric stoltz i would have gotten him fired i'm just saying oh my <laughs> he would have mm-hmm. lost his tenure <laughs> for hanging out with me mm-hmm. i'm just putting that out there if you know what i mean but um, I think Eric Stoltz's career is very fascinating. That in the eighties, was he, he in was, Killing Zoe? I think he was in Killing uh, yeah, Zoe. Yeah, Roger Avery. Yeah, 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 I think he was in Killing Zoe. Just kind of in the eighties, yeah, he, yeah. he was supposed to be a huge star, and it just never really materialized. Like, I mean, he was in stuff like Mask, got Back to the Future, fired from Back to the Future. And then sort of his career just sort of took a very different direction. Well, I mean, I don't know that it stalled. He's worked consistently. Yeah. And I mean, he's a good, he's a workhorse, like, you know. Yeah. But never quite became a huge movie star. Right. And Eric Stoltz is probably fine with that. <laughs> well, I don't think a lot of those actors from those 80s movies actually 
group. I wouldn't say that Andrew McCarthy is exactly like that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, who has? I mean, um, yeah. Anthony and Michael Hall. I mean, the Dead Zone. That TBC I mean, for a while. Robert Downey that's Jr. Yeah. is such a unique case. That's that a different. He's yeah. sort of the ex the uh, exception. The exception to mm-hmm. the rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, for yeah, especially especially from those like eighties teen movies, it's uh, everybody kind of took a kind of interesting career paths but yeah um i like him in this movie is it's a very skeezy character and it's just that thing of you know lauren yeah he plays it really well yeah he plays he plays it well and and it's it's lauren's like just crazy journey where she's just like sitting there with him like all right are we gonna do this like right here like okay (laughs) like (laughs) i guess you know let me take my gum out (laughs) yeah Uh. yeah (laughs) yeah yeah all her saturday classes what is going on her schedule is crazy. Yeah, yeah, nothing. There was no classes. Yeah, zero classes. <laughs> yeah, her schedule is nuts. Her just smoking in the dorm room. Even for the early two thousands, I don't think that you could have lit up a Marlboro walking down the hall in a in a dorm at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny though. No, yeah, it's it's cool visually. They all smoke so goddamn much in this movie. But I, mean, <laughs> I didn't think of that. But yeah, yeah good point. Smoke so much in this movie. Um, it's actually quite funny. Like I, I watching it recent like watching it now is yeah it, it is funny it's actually quite funny it's it's definitely a black comedy to a degree no it is funny yeah yeah, yeah it definitely is i um, think for me though when i saw it for the first time i was so hardcore because it was like my early obsession i don't want to say obsession yeah. that sounds a little much um <laughs> my my i was really into bright Snells and yeah. his world and his characters so like for me i was just like so enthralled with just the the visual aspect yeah. of the film, so I didn't yeah. really catch the comedy till later. And sure, then, and obviously being with a crowd during the scene with Faith, you know, yeah. being played and and Dick, yeah. you know, you know, things like that split screen scene. I had never seen anything done like that in a movie before and you really don't see things like that since like i don't know you see it sometimes but yeah it's just super innovative the way Mm -hmm. they do it you know even how she like pulls the glasses off of him and puts them on her own face and yeah it cuts together really well it cuts together Mm -hmm. so well and i think it does i don't think it looks dated or anything i think it looks cool Mm -hmm. yeah actually on the wikipedia page this was the first film from the first studio motion picture to be edited using final cut pro yeah Sort of That's early early in digital editing in film. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got a visitor who's being very loud. Um, yeah, Final Cut. All right. But I mean, that's kind of par for the course now, right? I mean, I, I don't think that's... I, gr- I, uh, Avid. I used Avid, Avid when I was in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, there was a show, Anatomy of a Scene. Yes, I think it was yeah. on the Sundance Sundance Channel. Sundance yep. Channel. I remember watching the episode. This about, is the segment of Anatomy of a Scene. I was yeah. going to say I uh-huh. remember watching it about this about the split screen. Yeah, I think it might be on the disc actually. Oh, okay, maybe that's where I watched it then. <laughs> yeah, I get so confused after like seeing the list of commentary people. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ugh. It's okay. So this is peak golden age of the special edition DVD. Yeah, right. when these DVDs would come out, just fucking packed with and, like special. Features. And this was one of those movies that you could tell. I don't think this movie bombed per yeah. se because it was a pretty small movie for Lionsgate. So I think that it turned somewhat of a profit for them because it's just a small movie. But I feel like to make it up on home video, this DVD box, like they did not 
use the theatrical poster for it. And I think that Roger Avery describes it as the Saved by the Bell cover. <laughs> that they <laughs> just they just had to they that. just had to move units. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kate Bosworth is on the cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird poster. Um for a movie that I think for the most part had pretty good marketing when you look at the oh, teasers yeah. I mean, and the, posters the of Beanie like Baby for the poster? movie. That's a fun mm-hmm. one. The Beanie Oh, are they Beanie Babies? Were they they're like I in don't sex know. positions? I just they were babies. Yeah, yeah. There's a poster of uh, of like stuffy animals in like sex positions. The soundtrack art was cool because they're all done in these crazy caricatures. Yeah, I really like that one where it's like their faces are kind of mm-hmm. like float like morphing into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that one's really fun. But I mean, but I the get, DVD cover, but is, the DVD character is wild. Is wild. <laughs> it's just all of these actors in random scenes of the movie. Um, it's it's kind of yeah. I mean, it looks like Saturday morning cartoons Saved by the Bell by the way of Brett Easton Ellis. Like you would just imagine, like all the little color blocks and everything just kind of like rocking back and forth Mm -hmm. you know like on screen um can you imagine like just picking up being like oh that's got all these people mm -hmm. in it oh i love that's a guy american psycho and pulp fiction oh cool yeah 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 and And then watching that james vanderbeek i love him in varsity blues seventh heaven and uh dawson's creek um kate bosworth and ian were on young americans together do you remember young americans from the wb in 2000 (laughs) i I have no memory i remember it and i don't think i don't think it even lasted a season so they had worked together prior i don't think they have any scenes in the movie together okay so we're going to talk a little bit about this uh it's not even a special edition dvd it's just the the dvd of this movie like i said the early to mid 2000s golden age of the special edition dvd they were coming out with like multiple discs with all these crazy things on them this the special features on this dvd include five count them five and in quotes it says revolving door commentary tracks by the AKA casting the shit's crew. all edited together yeah yeah, yeah they're mm-hmm. just interviews probably that they just like splice in i feel like ian summerholder and the kid from the faith uh Scene. Russell Sams. Russell yep. Sams. I think they're they're actually watching it. It's not just like an interview that they that mm-hmm. they spliced in. But how how many of these commentaries have you listened? Are they actual five separate commentary tracks that you watch the movie? You, you would have to watch the movie five times to to listen to. Um, I never even bothered. I, I started. I started listening to one. I was just like, I don't. Need, a mess. I, I I know this movie pretty well. Sure. Like, <laughs> what are they going to tell me? Yeah, they're not going to tell me anything, really. Like, yeah. Except, like, I was a little turned off a little bit with Ian talking about kissing James Van Der Beek, Cal. He was like, um, ugh. Just okay. because, like, yeah. the scratchiness of the scruff. And sure. It was a different time. I'm like, Bleh, whatever. I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> oh, what is this bonus commentary by, in all caps, a mystery guest? So bad. Who is the mystery oh. guest, Michael? <laughs> Carrot Top. Carrot Top. Carrot Top. I watched a little bit of it with Carrot Top, and I got through maybe 20 seconds of it. And I'm like, nope. Does anyone like Carrot Top? I don't know anybody who does. And I don't even think then. Like, now it's like he's kind of, you know, with, like, the roids and, like, all that stuff. But there was a (laughs) Oh, he's doing roids now? Well, this is, like, this is pre-bodybuilder Carrot Top, I think. There's a bodybuilder now? I just you didn't think, know oh, about yeah. bodybuilder character? He... No, look him up now. Oh, yeah, he's a total it's droid meathead now. It's frightening. Yeah, it's frightening. Ew. He looks 
insane. Well, I don't know if I want to see this. Yeah. Does he still do comedy? Like, does he, he still does, do Well, I yes. think that, I mean, does he still have the Vegas gig? I don't know if he still he's has... He's been working out of Vegas for, like, years. Well, that's the thing. He's, like, mega rich because of the Vegas residencies. Yep. Oh, God. The mm-hmm. face. The face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yo, guys, no. I mean, he has nothing to do with this movie. No! Um, <laughs> it is supposed to be... Brett Easton Ellis. Brett Easton Ellis actually recorded a commentary and on his podcast. He mentioned in one episode he was fucked up. Oh my god! Like probably just, just coming off of partied, like a coke like, bender, partied, drinking. <laughs> yeah, you know, and recorded this commentary, and oh, I would love to hear. It. Oh yeah, and it's it, it totally probably got deleted. Like oh right sure yeah yeah. We have to start the hashtag release the Brett Easton Ellis commentary. Um, so they're missing a commentary, so they just out of their we ass. We got they pull out carrot That's top. what we got. He's in the building. Bring him in. So he's never odd. seen the movie, oh and gosh. he does a cold commentary. Right? He's never seen the he's movie. Never seen it. I what? Brady Snell? No, Carrot Top. Oh, oh, he he doesn't. I didn't. I, I yeah. didn't. Yeah. No, I, I think it's. Com- who it was, I think it's like, completely I cold. I think he. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely cold. He's never watched the movie. He just sits down and he's just like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And I think it's. I've never. I feel like my friends and I may have tried once, like, after, you know, a night out. A night of drinking to try to sit down and and watch it. And then we just put on Wet Hot American Summer instead. Some of the copy on this this DVD, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Quotation, what what could you want in a movie (laughs) from Time Magazine? I would love to know what the exact context (laughs) of this quote from Time Magazine was. Yeah. What more could you want in a movie? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that they just wanted to move units and just get people to rent it at Blockbuster. <laughs> I can't, I can't be mad at them. I mean, and guys, you should get the Blu-ray. It's seven dollars for we God's need, sake. Yeah, we, need to get the Blu-ray. we should probably get the, the Blu-ray. This is vintage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a classic. DVD. Oh. I, I still, I would love one day for there to be like a special edition of the film, though, because I feel like it is, it is good. It's different for its time, like you mm-hmm. guys were mentioning about, like mm-hmm. the movies that were coming around. At it's that something that I could see Arrow Video or Shout Factory Select doing. Ooh, I love Arrow. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. I should shoot them an email and ask them. Arrow, get on that. I mean, Arrow has I mean, done, like, worse movies with, like, special editions, so... Yeah. yeah. I just watched one recently. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Phantom of the Mall. Phantom of the Mall. Okay. Love it. Okay. I Isn't just, it, like, Eric's Revenge or something? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we, it was. we just got the weird science, oh, man. Arrow. Okay, well, video weird science is weird science. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's that's a real movie. Arrow video given <laughs> Arrow video given Criterion and Shout Factory like a run for their money. Yeah, seriously. Especially in the past year. So okay, what have we? What have we not? Oh, I want to ask you a question. What, Victor? Okay. When when Lauren finds out that Victor's back and she <laughs> yeah. goes to his room and she's all excited because the whole movie she's like, I'm thinking about, you know, Sean, but also Victor, you know, she finds out Victor's back, goes over to the dorm, knocks on the door. He opens the door and he's like, I have no idea who you are. What the hell? What? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm like... 
Is he fucking with her? I mean, did he just hook up with her when he was was, just higher drunk and doesn't remember her? Was he not really her boyfriend? Is he naked answering the door? I don't know. And she's making more of a thing of their relationship in her head? I mean, I have definitely known girls when I was in college that have created this entire relationship with men. Out of a hookup. Just in their head (laughs) of a few brief interactions that they have an entire relationship with them. Oh, come on. Who hasn't? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. What do you, what do you think? I kind of interpret it as that. Yeah, exactly that. Like, okay. she kind of fabricated this okay. idea of this relationship that she has. I do believe she obviously knows him. I mean, yeah. she has a picture of him in a plush star-shaped pink the, frame yeah, in her bedroom. Frame. <laughs> um, I, but also, I want to say, because of Europe, he is a completely, you know, he kind of ends that segment saying that he's like a ghost. And yeah. He doesn't even know who he is anymore. And yeah. that's what we're seeing now. What's even more fucked up is that... Uh, her roommate, Lara, mm-hmm. knows how much she likes Victor, and yeah. she pops up in the bed, jumping up and down in Santa hat. Yeah. And her lingerie. And, and sees like, her wow. and waves. Yeah. What? And sees her when she sees yeah. Lauren in the door and waves at mm-hmm. her. So it's, it's such a bitch. Yeah, it's such a bitch thing. It's such a bitch <laughs> and move. Also, when she shuts the door, isn't there something written on his well, board of the test results came back? <laughs> Yeah, negative or something like that. Yeah, yeah. they say the tests were the tests were positive. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's just a joke. Um, but yeah, I just I was always like I'm not really sure how we're supposed to take it. But yeah, I guess that does make the most sense. That maybe it was like a like a hookup or something, and that she was just like, well, he's my boyfriend now, and right. he's just like, I have no fucking clue mm-hmm. <laughs> who you are, nor do I care. The the mindset of being in your early 20s, yeah. I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, think about yourselves, guys. I'm thinking about me right now. I'm just like, yeah. oh, God, the shit I thought about. <laughs> or shit that mattered that in reality just doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And the time lusting after, like, the straight guy, mm-hmm. you know, like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I think that probably yeah. a lot of the criticisms with people with this movie was that it was too vapid and empty. Yeah. But I guess that is the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the world of Bright East. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. I think a lot of you know on the surface, I think a lot of uh, reviews kind of come off as like I was saying before, like all three of our leads, all three of our main characters, you know, Sean, um, Paul, and Lauren are like horrible, rotted people. But then actually, like when we were thinking about it more, we're like, well, they're not really like. Mm-hmm. Sean kind of is the most, but I don't know. He's just, he's not that horrible. He's just kind of self-centered. They're more just sort of lost. Yeah. So Which, to a degree, we we are. Yeah. I mean, that sounds all like existential and all that stuff. But like, you know, uh, in that day and age, I'm sure like the, uh, I know I've done some horrible things that I'm not proud of, you know, in my early 20s, but obviously you grow and you learn. Um. Yeah, they are kind of self-absorbed, but, yeah. you know, again, they're kids in their mm-hmm. 20s who are all together having sex with each other, doing all these drugs in a college setting. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking like a 21-year-old, I don't I don't trust a 21-year-old as far as I can throw them, you know? So it's yeah, like, of course, of course, they're going to be completely, you know, self-absorbed. And, and that's what I was saying before, you know, like when everything comes off so big and dramatic, you know, when you are when you're that age, that's how everything feels you know so it's like i think it's just kind of illustrating that like you know feeling that emphasis on just mm-hmm. like tonight's the night you know where do you where do we think these characters are <laughs> in 
in 2021? Be, be curious to ask all of these actors <laughs> where they Oof. think that they are now. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea yeah, yeah, where I, they be. <laughs> Do you think, because like you were saying uh, in the book that Sean's character is like explicitly bisexual. Yes, do I remember you, that being yeah. a part. Not explicitly, but yes, he yeah. is. But do you think that that... Is a fluidity. Flu- okay. Do you think that that trait is there in the movie, Sean? Or it's just... Com- and they just didn't touch on it? Or it's just not there at all in this character? Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's really there. I, I mean, there it's, it's not there enough for me. Yeah. Because I remember even seeing it just being like, I don't know why Paul is getting these what he thinks are signs and I'm not even getting them, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. just not buying into it enough where I do think that there could be something more, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I do, there is like a line that Paul says about Sean that I really enjoy. And I think about it like now, and I've used it in real life just about like that. He likes Sean because he looks swell, slutty. <laughs> like <laughs> The boy's been around. Like he yeah. doesn't know if he's Jewish or not. I think he says or something yeah. like that. <laughs> And I just thought that was a really funny line because sometimes I will see boys out and I'll be like, yeah, you are, you look a little slutty. (laughs) I know it's so judgmental, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Totally. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, like you were saying, like uh, maybe the scenes of the two of them kissing, which is supposed to be, I mean, not shocking by any means, but you know, for 2002, you didn't see that in a lot of high school or college movies, two boys going to town. Um, Maybe th- I mean, I was reading about even Dawson's Creek, how like there's controversy uh, controversy uh, yeah. about them like even being in the same bed and the topics that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, oh, Dawson, it's so different. And now. Dawson's Creek yeah. had Kira Smith's character was gay, yeah. but it was the most toned down that they could get for a WB show of having an out gay character. Yeah, I mean, he was gay in the way that like Matt on Melrose Place was gay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> very altruistic but you know okay so there's those scenes that they're giving to us in there and maybe they're like you know kind of shocking or whatever at the time but now when we watch them we're like well obviously this is two very straight very young yeah. actors you know going at it so so they're not as as like as hot to us anymore but yeah like james vanderbeek like jerking off on the bed and just like uh, also like fucking these girls you're like okay james vanderbeek <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's the other thing all the sex scenes in this movie like when you know when they're sean all, is like they're all done in the single camera yeah like, these like extreme point of views <laughs> i almost funny. kind of wonder if that is because and i mentioned this when we were watching it mm-hmm. that oh you can really tell james vanderbeek was not on set a lot because when you look at, like, <laughs> there's the scene at the party, at the Halloween party, that you can tell, oh, Jessica Biel and James Vanderbeek are not in the same room. And they cut all of this scene together with James there on a separate day. Well, because he was going back and forth to North Carolina to shoot Dawson's the creek. creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they may, have, they may have had to do that. But I think also the, the sex scenes they were trying to make them yeah. look as like i don't know like grotesque or whatever because he's there's just like these close-ups just of sort him, of just yeah like, that that camera faces that camera pov of them facing it, each other yeah it's yeah it's in your face but also like the ridiculousness i remember just seeing mm-hmm. there's a shot where like he is when he's having sex with laura and and just his face and he's like he's on i think he's on shrooms or something yeah, yeah. like 
he makes a comment about. And I'm just like, wow, you look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that was the point of him looking ridiculous. Yeah, 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 I mm-hmm. think so. Yeah, that's when he's on shrooms because Laura tells him, those are grown in shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the thing about, about Sean, too, is that, like, he doesn't remember having sex, like, and not being fucked up. Yeah, he says that when like, he's when he's fucking Kate Bosworth. Yeah, that he's he hasn't he doesn't remember having sex sober, you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would imagine that teenage girl sitting in Some that days like that too. Teenage <laughs> right. girl sitting in that Ooh. test screening in Orange County when he says when he was fingering her and it wasn't wet. I would imagine <laughs> that their jaws probably dropped to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this that that this movie is not for those girls though, which yeah. I find so weird, especially when it comes to test screens around that time. Um, I don't know who the hell was picking these people out. I mean, I I mean, I could see that there was probably a sign at a, on a college campus in Orange County of see the new James Vanderbeek and Jessica Biel movie. Probably their yeah. names in gigantic type of what time to show up and see their new teen college comedy yeah that's probably that's probably what it was but just let you know you didn't see a girl being raped and thrown up on the first Mm -hmm. five minutes Uh, of this movie and also a suicide yeah very oh my goodness yeah that's rough i mean but it's obvious though based on even the cast like even us just going through the list of amazing people that are in this movie like this was definitely the big movie for people that were trying to break out of that cw yeah mold that they were in Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think they did a good job. I think uh, I think Vanderbeek did a really, really good job. And, and even watching it now, I, th- I thought he did well. You know, yeah. he really like was trying to smash that idea of you know Dawson Leary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you even get a little cameo from Fred Savage. Yeah, in yeah in his underwear, <laughs> shooting up in between his toes. Oh, oof. Yeah. I didn't know that was. I it took me until when I was revisiting it this afternoon with the commentary. I didn't know that was Fred Savage. Yeah, I caught that one uh, back in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just Same. that thing when when yeah, it's these it's these actors kind of trying to break out of the out of these molds that they're in, and then just like doing these like quote unquote shocking things, like you know shooting up on camera and all this stuff, and you know they're not they're not the like teen actors mm-hmm. anymore, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it does. It holds up in some ways. It's a little dated in some ways, mm-hmm. but it's like that's okay too. Uh, but it was definitely an interesting rewatch because I don't think any of us, any no. of the three of us, had watched this in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it, and, it's been a few years since yeah, I watched it. Yeah, definitely. And a, I did find something I liked on Letterbox because once in a while I'll poke through some of the reviews mm-hmm. and just see like who I agree with. And someone made this point that I'd like to read to you guys. Yeah. Um, one of the things that strikes me about watching this in 2019 versus 2002 is how much more sympathetic I am towards the group of depraved 18-year-old emotionally detached nihilists. At least they're making mistakes and fucking up on their own terms. Success, succeed or fail, these characters are closer to adulthood than many 20 or 30-year-olds now who live at home and talking about adulting on Instagram. Imagine that movie. I was like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but he does play a good point, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know about who they are because I think that's the big criticism about like Brett Easton's work and also the adaptions is that a lot of people just kind of throw the characters away of just being emotionally detached and it's like do we see people like that in real life? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we kind of do. So, but we don't really acknowledge that. 
and a lot of his work takes place in California. I mean, this, the book didn't take place in California, uh, uh, Massachusetts or upstate New York mm-hmm. is this one, but I think that it still definitely has a tone. Camden yeah. University. So I kind of take it that it might be Camden in New Jersey. In New Jersey? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> no. Camden, a liberal arts school on the East Coast of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just all it says. Yeah. Yeah. Shot in California, though. Yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. say, like, that definitely looked like a California. College. Yeah. A lot of fake snow. <laughs> Digital snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I forgot about the, uh, snowflake that lands on Sean's face that turns into a tear. I love it. I do. I love yeah. That. <laughs> it actually is a really cool mm-hmm. image. Um, yeah, but I had completely forgotten about that scene. We're watching it and I'm just like, oh, look at that. That was really cool. What's the line that, that Ian says to. What's the line that uh, Ian sends, says to James? To, oh, I don't remember. At the very end of the movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't remember. When they're having their like their final conversation, yeah, yeah, that's the like I just want to know you, like conversation. Right. Is that the line you're talking about? Is that the one you're talking about? Though? I think so. Yeah, like um, I just want to know you. Just want to know who you are. No one will ever know anyone. Mm-hmm. Is what he says. Yeah, yeah. I like that it ends on the on um, Paul and Lauren. They don't really interact much throughout the movie mm-hmm. at all. Really, I don't think. I feel like there was more cut because sure. I remember seeing a publicity still of uh, Paul and, and Lauren. I think she was holding like a dildo or oh. he was holding a dildo. Okay. And I was like, I don't remember this. Yeah, scene. you probably movie. get more of their <laughs> of their past in the deleted scenes of the yeah. movie, which yeah. I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, I, it, I wish there was deleted, more it, deleted yeah. stuff it on the disc. Been... I was shocked to see the Patrick Bateman scene yeah. on, online because I guess it's been posted for a few years now. Oh, I was like, okay. what? <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to have seen a cut of this movie where Roger Avery could really let the movie breathe a little bit, that he wasn't probably adhering to what Lionsgate wanted, mm-hmm. too. I, I'm trying to remember, because like, Roger Avery has been on a few podcasts with Brett, and I, I want to say they kind of left him alone. Sure. Okay. Because I know in the unrated version, like there's a, the unrated version film, like the only thing that's different is literally a second of the blade oh, going okay. down her wrist. Yeah, because like, that's I, the only thing that was cut. Because I think, and that, maybe the scene with the vomit. Yeah, because I think that okay. when this was originally submitted to the MPAA, it did come back NC-17. Hmm. And I guess, yeah, I mean, get rid of vomit in a blade. Look at that! My mm-hmm. DVD's rated. Throw this at the fireplace. What? I what? I gotta get it's the rated? unrated Is version. Is mine unrated? Damn it. I don't know if mine's rated. I mean, that's the yeah, only... Yeah, mine's unrated. That's the only... Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, mine doesn't I remember that. working at the video store in the specific rated and unrated versions yeah. that you would get. Days. Yeah. What a time. I remember that, too. Stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so stupid. Well, we're gonna have to pick up that Blu-ray and watch the, the extra two seconds of unrated <laughs> footage. For $7.88 yeah, for ex- shipping. Ex- yeah, it's worth it, <laughs> Stocking stuffer. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, this movie. I mean, just on the eternal naughty list from Santa because it is a Christmas <laughs> movie. That's why I wanted to do it for our Christmas lineup because I do think that the holiday scenes in it are memorable, and yeah. I think that it's just sort of a screenwritery mm-hmm. thing to set a movie this fucked up and dark around the holiday times because it's yeah. a, it's an interesting contrast. 
like I said, I think it still holds up um, for the most part. I, I think the only dated things about it are maybe the wardrobe. <laughs> but um, it's, I agree. Yeah. I don't think it's that hard to find if people want to go out and, and rent it. It's on, I think It's on HBO Max yeah, right now. Oh, is it on HBO Max yeah. right now? Oh, sweet. Oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's definitely – I definitely give the recommendation for people to give it another shot. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because I think it is worth worth the time, and I didn't realize like the movie's almost two hours long. It's an it hour is, and yeah. Minutes, I, I was just looking at that. It's, it yeah. hasn't become too buried that it is. You can track it down. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's 110 minutes, so it's it's closing in on two hours, which I was surprised at. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel long. Feel like it. No, mm-hmm. yeah, at I agree. Um, it's 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 well paced, and it definitely has that. Like we were saying, kind of some Pulp Fiction vibes go. You know, a little bit of memento with the like fractured kind of timeline, but um, it doesn't feel derivative of any mm-hmm. of those movies. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be like, especially a movie like Go, with how like the structure of oh. of a movie yeah. like Go, how it's, I think this how is it's done a lot more successful of the tone. Think you know how I feel. listeners will know how I feel about Go. See our Go episode. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I I, ha- I have listened to, but I don't remember. I I love Go. <laughs> I don't I know the vinyl. Like I think it's a great soundtrack, <laughs> fun movie. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, Pete gets on. a little uppity with the John August dialogue. I think it's laid on a little thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but okay. other I can see that. that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think this is a little more Christmas successful. movie. It is a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But. Um, Another Christmas movie is also Less Than Zero. <laughs> oh, shit. Man. Still have not seen Less Than Zero. Uh, you're not missing much, I think that's really. what you said on our American Psycho episode. Yeah. That's like the least successful Brett Easton Ellis adaptation, right? It's probably yeah, it's, the one that Brett Easton Ellis doesn't like the most, too. Yeah, it's completely not what the book is in any form whatsoever. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is great in it, but... Yeah. Uh, it's not very good, and, and that's the only other adaptation of his work. Really, yeah, I mean, I everything so. else is original that he has mm-hmm. out there. I think, yeah, yeah. Smiley Face Killer and the Kenyans. Oh, the Informers. The Informers. Oh the other yeah, one. yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, do you do we have any last things we want to add before we I wrap mean, it up? I think the last thing that I'm going to add is I think Brett Easton Ellis is getting a lump of coal from Santa. <laughs> <laughs> For a mo- for a movie and a book like the rules of attraction, it's just too naughty. Yep. <laughs> oh man, Mike, this was a lot of fun. Ditto. Yeah. It's been a minute. Are Are there any sort of like holiday movies that you always watch in December? I want to ask all of our all of our <laughs> guests oh, yes. for our Christmas Absolutely. series that they always return to. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Okay. Good Love choice. that one. Uh, of course, the original Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, not horror related, but actually Christmas in Connecticut, the original one, I love with Barbara Stanwyck. If I've, you never, seen it, I've never seen Christmas cute. in Connecticut. I think that it's on TCM right now, so I need to stream that. Okay, It's cute. It's a very easy movie. Um, That's that how I feel about a movie fast. like White Christmas. I don't uh, no. I actually don't like White Christmas. I prefer Holiday Inn over White Christmas, actually. Oh, but yeah, uh, th- this was a, a long time in between our episodes, but we'll definitely have you on again for something in the future because this was a lot of fun as always. You, you always pick the dark, crazy movies, which I love. Maybe. I love that. It's, it's I still a good want balance. Boogie Nights with you guys, though. Oh, I, yeah. I'm still putting my hand in for that. I one. just drug Pete to go see the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I drug Pete to Westwood for that movie, so. Well, uh, the um, the Chris Pizza, the Chris Pizza. Yeah. 
I, I really want to see it. I owe him good. one. Yep. It was good. We, we yeah, both oh, really, it was good. Yeah, okay. it was great. Yeah, it's, it was great. I really liked it, but be prepared for straight bro letterbox film fanatics. They're going to stand that movie hard. It's going to be their <laughs> really? new later. It's going to be their. It's going to be the straight ladybird. Straight white guy, lady. Mm-hmm. Okay, that does not sound appetizing. But no, thank no, you no. For it's 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 good. I it's have, well done. I have uh, a couple of issues. I think she's really good in it too. Okay, Alana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, plenty of plenty of things to to think about for the for our next choice. But we'll we'll have you back on very soon. And um, thank you. Have a wonderful holiday season. You two boys. I'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. Bye. 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 <laughs> And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Happy Christmas. Yes, happy Christmas. I'm excited, Christmas I'm excited for these up. Christmas movies that we have coming up. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. They're going to be some really fun mm-hmm. ones. But until we get there, it is about that time. It is time for some Patreon shout-outs. Yay! <laughs> love Patreon shout-outs. Yes, we would love to say hello. Hey, hey, hello to Alberto, Esperanza, Nicole, Susan, Barry, JJ, Amy, Leighton, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emily, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you for so much everybody thank you so much yes indeed head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for some extra fun stuff like watch with us commentary tracks we'll be doing a christmas movie this december and i think that i know what we're doing so we'll post about that when it comes yes indeed as well as our monthly newsletter postcards behind the scenes photos uh playlists all that fun stuff mm-hmm. it's over on the patreon you can subscribe monthly or you can donate once listen to as much as you can and get all you can do in the 30 days that you get for the one-time donation or keep it going monthly mm-hmm. whatever you can do it is a huge thank you from us it keeps this podcast up yeah and running. we appreciate it a lot it keeps it you know over the internet and posted and uh we love you guys thank you so much uh we have a brand new uh itunes review yes, we indeed. do we have another itunes review this is from itunes listener schema girl uh it is entitled late to the show having only recently at 50 something accepted myself after decades of hiding and avoiding myself your podcast has been one of the companions on my journey journey i've only seen about half the movies you've covered so far mean girls just over the holiday weekend this was back in thanksgiving but looking forward to expanding my viewing so i can get caught up thank you I love so that. much yeah that is really really great to hear mm-hmm. um any you know reviews that you guys leave us over on itunes they're uh they're so appreciated by us mm-hmm. and um you know they help us to to get seen on iTunes by other people especially um, a review like that yeah that's a great so review good. yeah yeah that's real that's mm-hmm. really that's really touching we yeah. thank you so much for it's very moving it means yeah, a lot yeah i mean we're just doing this to you know to keep ourselves sane during lockdown and and all of that but you know people are actually listening you guys are actually listening to this show i love that i can't believe that so many people listen to our opinions about these movies, but you guys are doing it. And, and um, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So head over to Apple Podcasts uh, if uh, that's how you listen and hit those five stars. 
and leave us a review if you haven't already. We'll read it on the show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it helps us so much. Uh, you can also um, like and subscribe, all that stuff. You can also like us on any and all social media uh, platforms such as Instagram and Facebook. We are at Movies That Made Us Gay. And on Twitter, MTMUG Pod. Yes, indeed. Uh, you can follow us individually if you like. My name is Pete. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. I am Scott Young Baller on Instagram and follow my letterbox. I've been really into posting to letterbox lately. Yes, indeed. Lots of fun stuff mm-hmm. out there. Lots of content from the both of us. So uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. Until next week, have a happy December and um, an even better holiday season. We'll see you soon. Ne- next week's movie and guest are going to be really good. All right, everybody. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs>